your Bible. We are going to get into the word of the Lord this morning. Now don't be surprised that there's a stirring, a stirring on the inside of you. The Apostle Paul told his protege, Timothy, in the second epistle to him, the first chapter and verse 6, we're not going there, but just listen real quick. Acts 1 is where we're going. But he said this in 2 Timothy 1.6, Stir up the gifts that are in you. Mm. There's so many gifts that are just dormant. They're not stirred. People aren't praying for the activation of giftings. Believe me, if you start praying for it, it's going to come. It will come like a flood. I remember when I shifted gears concerning spiritual gifts. Johnny, I was in Colombia. And I've been praying for many weeks and months even for the gifts of the Holy Spirit which were there for me to be alive in me. It's like they're on a shelf somewhere, Carol. We see them, we know they're there, but we don't go and, and utilize. We don't tap into them. I, I, was, I was tired of that. I wanted to be used in the gifts, all of them, if necessary, all of them, when appropriate. I didn't want to be fearful or intimidated of any of the gifts. And it happened in Colombia. And we stood on a beach. How many went to Colombia with me? You remember this? All my Colombia people, any of my Colombia people? Several were in the first service. We stood on a beach for three hours laying hands on people, leading them to the Lord, praying for their deliverance, praying for their healing. I remember one in particular, a woman was standing in line. I mean, the line, they, they left their post. They, they, they left their uh, selling huts, or they just brought all their wares with them. One guy had all of his necklaces just on his arms, and he just came up anyway. He wanted prayer. We just started laying hands on anybody who, who came. Uh, one lady was, was several back, and there was a bit of commotion, and some men especially were, were talking to her, trying to talk her out of being prayed for. No, 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 don't go up there. You're not going to be the same if you, if you have him pray for you. You've got to get out of this line. I found out later why they didn't want her in the line. She was the town prostitute, and they knew if she came, she'd be delivered, she'd be set free, and they couldn't have their way with her anymore. And sure enough, she said, I'm going to get prayed for. And she came, and she got set free, and she got, gave her heart to the Lord. But I began to, I began to say things I'd never said and, and, and operate in a way I'd never operated before. And I knew that God had answered my prayer. So be praying about this, church, because we're in the last days. We are in the last days. The last days are, are, are upon us. The end times. How many of y'all believe we are, we are in the end times? You really should believe that you're in the end times. You really should believe that we are the last Possibly, we are the last living generation that God is going to trust 
to bring the good news before the rapture. Have you ever thought about it like that? What if we are the last living generation on earth that God is depending on to share the good news? Amen. This is a wonderful illustration right before our eyes of what I just have talked to you about. Praying for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are explained to us in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The gifts are given to us so that we can be effective in what God's hoping we will do. Brother Dan was sensitive. He let this gift be activated in him and a, a message to us in an unknown language, a message in tongues came forth in this house. That alone is a gift of the Holy Spirit. He didn't think this up on his own. He didn't make this language up on his own. As he yielded some years ago, God filled him with the Holy Spirit and baptized him with power, and along with that came an unknown language. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and he began to speak in an unknown tongue. He also was used in another gift, which is the interpretation of that tongue. See, this is what I'm talking about, folks. We have a, a reputation for being a little bit goofy, a little bit weird. I, I, you know, now the Bible does say we're peculiar. Why don't you turn and tell your neighbor you're peculiar? <laughs> say, don't take this personal, but yeah. Richard, you're peculiar. Floyd, you're, you're really peculiar. And I'm happy to be part of that. But if we will just allow room for the Spirit... And then take time to just say, well, here's what went on. Explain. 
When they were baptized in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, what happened? Come on, church, talk to me today. What happened when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost? Fire, yes. Power. And they began to speak in unknown language, language that they'd never spoken before. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And I believe that's what can happen today for us. And I believe it needs to happen more often for us. What, okay, let's take it another step. What else happened after the fact? Why? She said he preached. But there's a reason why he preached. He did preach. Peter preached. He preached because the people who heard them speaking in tongues thought they had lost their minds, thought they had lost their marbles, thought they had been drinking early in the morning. They're drunk. Listen to them. He said, oh, no, we're not drunk. We're not drunk like you think we are. We're not drunk as you suppose. We're just filled with the Holy Ghost. And he went on to preach to these people. What else happened? Come on, Debbie, stand up and tell the whole congregation what happened. 3,000 people came to a saving knowledge of Christ that day. What if they'd said, well, people don't understand this. This is a little bit different. Uh, this might confuse somebody, so I, I think we're just going to put this on the shelf. And when we get behind closed doors, where it's just the 12 of us, where it's just 120 of us, then maybe we'll exercise this gift. They let everybody in the, in the town hear it. They threw open the doors and threw open the windows. They didn't care who heard, it, who heard this. They needed people to hear this. How else are they going to take the time to explain what they just heard? People won't understand the supernatural. People won't understand miracles unfolding right before our eyes. People won't understand when somebody walks into a room that couldn't see and they walk out of the room seeing. People won't understand when somebody walks in the room deaf and they leave out hearing. You better be ready to explain this. And I'm ready. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. We're in the last days and there's still a lot of work to do. Acts 1, 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, this is the disciples, and they're asking the Lord Jesus, Lord, will you at this time Restore the kingdom to Israel. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your house. We thank you for your presence. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments there would be a transformation that occurs because of your, of, of your word which is alive, which is active. May it accomplish today what you intended for it to accomplish when you inspired it in my heart. Speak to us. Change us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. I remember as a boy going on vacation. Now, you have to understand, I am one of four. I have three sisters, no brothers, and my parents are not wealthy. I never considered our, uh, uh, 
our home uh, rich, but I certainly didn't think we were poor. I just thought we were average. But we were a family of six, and a vacation wasn't a, a guaranteed slam dunk just because it's summer, we're going to go on vacation. Now, we might slip over to Santa Claus land, which is in Indiana, and that didn't take too long or too far. We might slip over to King's Island. Anybody ever been to King's Island or heard about King's Island? Yeah? You've been to King's Island? It's kind of our Knott's Berry Farm version. I don't know. Anyway, a theme park. Great. That's a big deal, too. But that was a one-day event. I'm talking about, Rose, we got to go on vacation. Huge, huge deal. This one particular time, we were going to Niagara Falls. We lived in Indiana, and we were heading to New York, to Niagara Falls, right? And uh, I remember we had a station wagon that particular vacation. Uh, and not only was it my, the six of us, Grandma always came. Grandma Bessie always came. And um, so my little sister and I were crammed in the back of this station wagon with all the luggage. I don't know how we did it. I really don't. But we did it. And I remember on this vacation, and many others actually like it, we didn't get very far before my sister and I would say, are we there yet? <laughs> we weren't even out of the state of Indiana, and we'd said it a dozen times, are we there yet? Because we were impatient. Could hardly wait to get to New York. Hardly wait to see Niagara Falls. Are we there yet? Well, I found that I'm not the only one who says that. My kids say it to this day. But the disciples actually said it themselves. Oh, not in so many words. But they were impatient and they, they, wanted, they wanted something before it was time. Lord, Will you, at this time, restore the kingdom of Israel? Folks, we are going to take the next several weeks and look at the prophecies in the Word of God concerning the end times. Because if we are in the end times, or at least fast approaching, I don't have a timetable for you necessarily. All I go by is what the Word of God says. These signs we should look for. And I'm able to ch check off almost all of these signs. Signs of the times. That's all I'm going by. Wars and rumors of wars. Check. <laughs> Famine. Check. How about earthquakes and, and, and disasters and tsunamis and hurricanes and tornadoes and... Big time check. How about men being lovers of themselves more than others? As it was in the days of Noah, men marrying and giving themselves in marrying, eating and drinking and being merry, so it will be when the Son of Man appears. I'm just saying, I, I'm not going to tell you that next, next uh, Friday at, at 3.33, uh, Jesus is coming back. Because I don't know that. And I'm not going to know that. 
He even told his disciples, it's, not none of, it's none of your business. All I know, three things. As we approach the end times, I want to talk to you about three things this morning concerning what time it is. One thing I know is it's time to wait on the Lord. It's time to wait on the Lord. Let's go back just a little bit and frame verse 6 properly. Look at Acts 1-4. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Well, Lord, will you at this time then restore the kingdom to Israel? And what did he say to them? Look at verse 7. It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Church, it is time to wait on the Lord. Wait patiently on the Lord. This instruction anticipated the question. They were not to depart from Jerusalem. Does anybody know why Jerusalem is significant here? What does Jerusalem stand for? Jerusalem is where they lived. Jerusalem is home. Folks, we need to just be waiting on the Lord right where we are. Too many are quick to run away from their problems. I'm out of here. I'm going, to, I'm going somewhere else. And if we will just be in our place and just wait on the Lord, He will see us through. He will deliver us. He will set us free. He will answer us. I think too many people leave where they're supposed to be and then God comes with the answer and he's like, where'd she go? <laughs> now, of course, he's all-knowing and he knows where she went. But had she stayed put where he wanted her, there are people that should be in this congregation today. I can't make anybody stay. I can open up the doors and open up the arms and lovingly welcome anyone that would come. But I can't make anybody stay. Some people get their feelings hurt. Some people get their, get their nose bent out of joint. Some people, I, you, you, the smallest thing can set somebody off and they're gone. They're gone. When if we would just wait on the Lord, he would answer us. He would bring us what we need. There's such, such good in waiting on the Lord. And sometimes it's hard waiting on the Lord. How many have found it to be hard to wait on the Lord uh, at least once in your life? Come on, you'll be honest with us today. I found it hard sometimes to wait on the Lord because I'm impatient. I'm impatient. Just like you. 
go through and honk at the drive-through window because you're not it's not there fast enough never mind that you didn't even have to get out of the car to get your hamburger they're gonna bring it right to your window and you're still we sit there and tap our toe at the outside of the microwave because the popcorn won't quick cook quick enough we're an impatient society we're an impatient people sometimes it's hard to wait on the Lord oh but the benefits oh but the goodness that comes to those who wait on the Lord it's hard waiting on the Lord when you're waiting for a prayer to be answered. It's hard waiting on the Lord when you're praying for a loved one to come to Christ. It's hard waiting on the Lord for God's promises which He's spoken to you to be fulfilled in your life. But if you will, look at what, what are the benefits and the blessings promised to those who wait on the Lord. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Hallelujah. When we wait on the Lord, strength comes our way. Courage comes our way. Psalm 37, number, uh, verse number 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way. Because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Church, when you wait on the Lord... You'll find rest. You'll find encouragement. You'll find strength. You'll find protection from your enemy when you just wait on the Lord. And I love what the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 40, verse number 31, verse number 31 but they who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait on the Lord. As the end of time approaches, the end times approach. What time is it? Is it time now, Lord, that you will establish your kingdom? It is time, church, for us to wait on the Lord. It's also time for us to work for the Lord. How do we do that? By witnessing for the Lord. It's time to witness. It's time for you to let your light shine like you've never let your light shine before. It's time for the saltiness that is in you to be tasted by those in your world. It's time. Church, it is time. I'm, I, I hear the, the Holy Spirit calling for us to rise up in these last days and be the witness that God has called us to be. Verse number 8, Acts 1. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. What kind of a witness are you? You're, you, are, uh, you are a witness, by the way. Each and every one who calls themselves a follower of Christ, you are a witness. What kind of witness are you? Are you the kind of witness that it is evident by those who see you there's something different? Are you the shy and quiet type? I don't believe we'll, we'll be able to get off on that excuse when we get to heaven. Lord, I'm just shy and quiet and you made me that way. 
So I didn't say a word to anybody. I just let my light shine and hope they saw it. Now there's the, there's, the, there's the extreme as well. There's the bold kind that take the, take the sword of the, the, the word and they lop off ears all the time. And God's going, putting the ear back on. I didn't say do it like that, you know. We've got to fall somewhere in between the, that shy and silent type that just won't say anything and the, the bold kind that's just obnoxious and, and gets on people's nerves and gives the whole family of Christ kind of a bad name. Right? We need to be filled with love and compassion for the lost. And if we are, then we carry the good news to people. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can be the witness that He has called us to be. I, I, I love, we always just camp out and shout down, uh, you know, verse number 8. It, it is a, a battle cry, really, uh, for the Pentecostal church. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's so great. But when you read it right back to back with verse number 7, and then read it right into 8. you got your Bibles open. It's not going to come up on the screen right here, but look at this, verses 7 and 8. He said it's not, well, let me back up. Verse 6, too. Let's really get that all in its context. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom, of, uh, uh, the kingdom to Israel? You know, they're just like, <laughs> that, little, that little puppy dog, you know. He's like, you know what? It's none of your business. It's, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. When this promise that I told you to wait for and not to be impatient about, when that happens, you're going to get the power you need. I'm not establishing my kingdom right now. I still have work to do, and it's going to be through you. And I'm going to give you what you need. I love that. It's time for you to, to be the witness that God has called you to be. Rise up. Come on, rise up. Start saying something. Start doing something. Because your actions will speak louder than your words. You see somebody in need? Reach out to them with the love of Christ. Make a difference in their life. Make an impact in their life. It'll lead to a conversation, I promise you. But let's reach out and love on people, giving them the love of Christ. That's, that's a witness. It's more than just our words. But it also has to be our words because there's, there's not enough people opening up their mouths. I cannot emphasize this enough. If we just say, I'm going to let the light of Christ that's in me shine and hope people see it, it's not enough. It is not enough, church. We have to let the light of Christ shine through us, but we have to open our mouths. That's why you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because He will, he will calm your fears. He will anoint you. Do you know what it means to anoint? To anoint, by definition, is to rub or to smear, anoint. Now, imagine the anointing then is God's ability 
rubbed and smeared on you. Can you imagine this? God's own very ability rubbed and smeared all over you so that you won't talk the same way, you won't walk the same way, you won't act the same way. You're anointed. You have supernatural ability now applied to your life. That's what I'm talking about. It's time for us to be the witness that God has called us to be. One more thing. Church, it's time for us to be united for the Lord. Let me say it two ways. It's time to be united for the Lord, but it's time to be united in the Lord. We are in Christ. And so because we are the body of Christ, we should be one. We shouldn't have the body fighting other parts of the body. God has created the human body so that if you get a hangnail, or anything greater on any scale. A hangnail and lung cancer. Let's just go those extremes. And everything in between. The body, as created by Almighty God, will immediately start to work to bring healing to that part of the body. Whether it's a hangnail, a stubbed toe, lung cancer fibromyalgia, you name it. God has created the body. We are fearfully and wonderfully made and created. And He made it so our body starts to work to bring healing. The body doesn't fight itself. Now, there are complications and, uh, you know, there are diseases that come and that fights against it and that's why we're praying for supernatural healing. But I'm saying if the body functions the way God created the body to function, it works in harmony with itself. I think one of the, the biggest things that grieves the heart of the Father is the way the church body has acted, fighting against itself, being divided. I said this to the first service, and I'll repeat it. I'm not um, trying to root out something and get something off of my chest. I actually feel like this church is healthier than it's been in a long, long time. I feel like we're more united right now than we have been in a long time. So don't try to chase something down that's not there. Don't go looking around the room going, I wonder if he's talking about her. I wonder if he's talking about him. I'm not talking about her or him. I'm actually not talking about La Palma Christian Center. But I do know this. I've been in this saddle long enough to know it does not take long for the enemy to find the smallest opening and we start over. I'm just tired of that. I don't think La Palma Christian Center, we have to cycle through another round of gossip and another round of innuendo and another round of tearing, tearing one another down. I feel like God has lifted that and broken that off of this church. And if we will come together and be united in the Lord, we can then be united for the Lord. 
If we're not united in the Lord, we are not going to be effective fighting for the Lord. And the enemy just sits back and laughs. I just barely threw a little bomb in there. I threw a little smoke bomb in there. I didn't even have any power. And it worked just like that. We have to get through the smoke screen of the enemy and recognize his ploy, his plot, and say no more. We are the body of Christ. She is my brother. He, he, he is my brother. She is my sister. I'm not going to talk about them behind their back. I'm not going to have the pastor or any, him, any of his staff for lunch unless they are there bodily. Too many people are going to Mimi's for pie and coffee and having way more than pie and coffee. And again, I'm, I'm really not talking about this church right now. But this church has been guilty. We have been guilty of this. Again, let me reemphasize, I feel like we are healthier now than we have been in a long, long time. And God is blessing and God is moving. But we've been guilty. So we've got to learn from our mistakes not to do this. That doesn't please the heart of God. That grieves the heart of God. The time is short. The need is great. It's time. What time is it? It's time. It's time for us to do what God has called us to do. Are you ready? Wait on the Lord. Wait patiently on the Lord. It's that time. Work for the Lord. Witness. Be that witness that He's called you to be under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Help me, Roberto. And let's be united. Let's be one in the Lord so that we can be one for the Lord. Sounds like a good plan, doesn't it? I think we can do this, church. Because He's coming. He's coming. He said it very, very clearly to us as a reminder. I'm coming. I want to be found faithful. I want to hear him say, well done. I trusted you with just this little bit. And you were faithful. Now, I'm going to make you ruler over much. Why don't you bow your heads? I want you to just take a moment and look within yourself before we dismiss. Look within yourself today. As the end approaches, the end times, the rapture of the church, what part will you play? Remember, we're imagining that we very possibly could be the last living humans on earth that God is trusting to take the message. Wow. How effective are you in that?
Holy Spirit, I pray that right now you would bring to our minds those persons and situations that we could do more. Let us see that individual, that family that we could witness to. I want you to see this today. I believe the Holy Spirit is answering my prayer and bringing this to your mind. There are people that without your witness, without your reach, could very well go to hell. We're praying for the anointing. We're praying for the gifts to be active in our lives. We can do this, church. You can step out and reach these people. Open up your mouth and watch what the Holy Spirit puts in that mouth and watch what He, he will say through you. Do you see someone? Do you see a family? Maybe it's somebody you've never witnessed to, but you're seeing them now. Perhaps it's someone that you have, but you've been so frustrated because of the closed door that you've just backed off and maybe even given up. Let me encourage you, revisit this. Witness again. Reach out again. Pray. Spend time in prayer asking that the Holy Spirit would put the words in your mouth and help you with your demeanor and how your, your, your approach and how you present this. And pray that their hearts would be open and receptive and that God would give us a harvest. I want everyone, everyone standing. I want you just to kind of cup your hands toward heaven. And I want you to pray this prayer after me. Father God, I need you. I thank you for your great love for me. Thank you for the gift of salvation. It's by your grace and mercy that I'm saved today. I know, God, that you desire to use me to take what I've been given to those around me who are hurting and confused. I lift up my hands to you and I lift up my life to you. I ask you to anoint me today so that I can be all that you've called me to be. Use me. Use my hands. Use my feet. Use my mouth. Give me a harvest. Now, Lord, I pray, God, for this congregation as their hands are lifted that you would so empower them, that you would so fill them with the ability that they need. We avail ourselves to you, to be used of you, to make a difference in this world. We pray it in Jesus' name. I want you to keep your heads bowed just before we leave. I wonder if there's anyone here, you're ready to surrender your life to Christ. You're tired of living the way you've been living. And you know that God has brought you into this church. And now He's speaking to you about changing you, changing your life. 
If you're here today and you're ready to accept Christ as your Savior and you'd like me to pray for you, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can so I can see that and we're going to pray for you today. Is there anyone here you're ready to accept Christ as your Savior? Lift your hand and let me see it. We want to pray for you today. Yes. Anyone else? Today is the day of salvation. We're not promised tomorrow. Lift your hand and let me pray for you before we dismiss. Debbie, I want you to come. You and Floyd, let me invite you to come right here. and We're going to pray with you right here, ma'am. I'm so proud of your decision today. You'll never be the same. I promise you, you will never be the same. What is your name? Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Everybody say hi to Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. She's about to do some business right over here with the water fields. And we get to see one more time a transformation of the soul right before our eyes. Lunch can wait. Come on now. We get in such a hurry. Oh, it's time for lunch. We get to see something in a supernatural realm. I never get tired of it. Debbie, lead Elizabeth to the Lord. Pray with her. That is so powerful. That's so awesome. Anybody else, just before we, before we leave, anybody else, you're ready to give your life to Christ? You're ready for a life change? Come on, let me pray with you. Let Floyd, let us, let us lead you to the, to the one who can transform you. Anyone? Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you tonight, you don't want to miss this. I'm going to unravel a mystery for you. We're going to get in the Word of God. The Word of God is going to unravel this mystery. But uh, we're going to talk about the rapture tonight. You might want to get a little rapture practice uh, this afternoon. We're going to have a little rapture practice tonight, okay? So you might want to bring tennis shoes. I don't know. But uh, we're going to unravel the rapture mystery tonight. It's going to be really, really awesome. Amen. Pastor Dave, I want you to come and dismiss us in prayer. I would love for as many as possible, by the way, to meet me at 5.30. We're going to have prayer time in this place. Join, join us. Join the staff and board. We're going to be here praying, and we'd love to have you with us. Father God, we're just so thankful for your presence in this place. God, we feel your anointing. We feel your power in this place, God, and we are excited for where you are taking us and what you are doing in us, oh God. Lord, as we commit this day to you, Father, I pray that you would be glorified, that you would be honored, Father God, and, and everything that Pastor spoke would be sealed in our hearts, Father God. Lord, bring us back safely tonight as we learn about the rapture, Father God, and prepare us for that great event. Lord, we're so thankful for you meeting us here, and we bless you today in Jesus' precious name. Amen.